Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM KPFT Houston. It is now time for Technology Bites. Listeners should be aware that the following program contains language and audio images which may be found disturbing and may not be suitable for your snotty-nosed little brat who probably cusses like a sailor behind your back anyway. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome to tonight's edition, Technology Bites. Greetings, program. Greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I fight for the users. <laughs> Don't we all? Sometimes <laughs> I fight the users. I mostly fight with users. <clears throat> yep, yep. Sure you do. Like you ever get near a user. I try not to. I try to put a big, thick layer of software between me and the users. Big, thick layer of interns. Between you and the users. You. All right. <laughs> you. Welcome to Technology Bytes. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's hooked on Minecraft. <laughs> Is that what you were doing out there? Hooked on Minecraft on my phone. Really? On your phone? Yeah. It's not even the good Minecraft. It's still good. It's fun. 
It's not I was S-tier. playing this new I play with Xbox. Is there... I was building a new build your own Sherlock Holmes uh, adventure game called Mycroft. Mycroft. <laughs> <laughs> so British. I see what you did there. <laughs> Ah, uh, random. All right. Well, we're glad you could tune in. I'm glad everyone's here. This is kind of awesome. This is great. Is this the... We even have extra people in the studio. Is this the first show of the new year? Yes. It is the first show is of the it? new year. So says the calendar. According to calendars, there was no Wednesday in 2017 before now. What? What? Amazing. I was just... Nothing. I'm just... Amazing but mundane facts. This is the... It is the brand new year for technology. Yeah, we haven't done a show brand all year. new year for KPFT. We haven't gotten a mad at a user all year. We haven't had a call all year. No, we haven't had a single. We call haven't had a all call all since year. last year. Wow, that's another way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have some. I haven't seen you guys since last year. <sighs> wow, you haven't changed a bit. We <laughs> uh, got Pete back. That's yeah, good. we got Pete back. Pete was gone. Yep. The la- I mean, we haven't seen him since. Before the end, it's of not the a fundraiser. It's a pretty good year so far. No one notable <laughs> has died, to my knowledge. Don't want to jinx it. Oh, way oh. to go! Oh, ah! yeah, this one's on you. 2017's on us. All right, so welcome to the show. We're glad you could tune in. Join us. You can hang out. We have a new chat service. Cool, Chat.geekradio.com. If you want to hang out with us, it's the uh, show within a show. Or something. Might even or still something. be up. Hey, it's still up. It's still white. Woohoo! Yes. So, yes, yeah, so if you want to hang out with us in the, uh, I want to call it the IRC, but it's not. Cuckoo. We should have called you it. You can still cuckoo. say cuckoo. That's all right. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in here. And I forget the technology that we're using that does this. Mattermost. Mattermost. It's the name of the thingy. Also known as not IRC. No, it's not. So, not. what's the web address? How do you get there? Do you get. Chat.geekradio.com. Okay. Or chat dot failure. Failure, failure. Okay, we can call that. this Nurk. Oh, yeah, I'll feel a bit better about Nerk. it. We can call it Nurk. I'll feel better about Nerk, it. Nurk, Nurk, Nurk. It's like Merk, but only not not as naggy. Not a pop up every thirty days. Thirty. Have you guys? Yeah, you guys haven't run Merk in a while. <laughs> I haven't no. run Merk in a long yeah. time. But yes, Nagware, the original. The original Nagware. Nagware. And I actually paid for that at some point, like fifteen years ago. But I'm I would rather just keep clicking snooze than actually go find the key. All right, so you can hang out with us in the uh, NERC, <coughs> chat.geekradio.com. You can visit us online at www.geekradio.com. That's where we post all the information that's relevant to whatever it is that we're doing here, uh, podcasts, announcements, uh, bits for the, the, the different segments. Uh, we've got links on there to the stories that we're going to be covering, and uh, just a great place to you know, go visit once and then find the Facebook page and hit like and then move on to other things like cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> Cats with brain freeze. Ah, uh, and the phone number is 713-526-5738 because now it is officially the new format in the new year that we are going back to taking listener calls. So if you want to talk tech with Technology Bytes, you can dial us at 713-526-5738 and we will put you into the queue and we will see what you have to say and we'll discuss it amongst ourselves live on the air in the fourth largest city in the nation folks who want to talk on topic go first tech support is last tech support goes to the back of the line but if you're the only call that's a short short line but uh we do invite you to call in and participate uh let's see we have the geek gathering coming up this friday i don't know it's going to be cold so it might mean that there'll be fire fire pit 
fire pit. I think Khan got a new fire pit. So All right. Nice. If He'll nothing else, we'll light his classic car on fire. The last one burned down. <laughs> With one of his stogies. Oh, his cigars? Yeah. Stogies? Is that what the kids are calling He's them now? He's a stogie guy. Yeah, so we have that coming up, and we're looking forward to it. So we hope you'll join us for the Geek Gathering. And uh, that's about all I got. You guys are all, everybody's kind of tucked in to their computers here tonight. Flicked it as, is he still eating bagels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, he's a little bagel nosh. Nosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I see a call coming in. But first we're going to do the technology. Oh, I'm stretching because I don't know why. Because he's queuing up the intro. Oh, right. So we're going to do our first segment, though, which is the Technology Bytes Info Shot, which is presented to you by Peter Hughes from his new fortified bunker in San Antonio, the dog proof, family proof <laughs> bunker. That's okay. Almost. Almost. What was once a, 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 a roar is now just a muted muffle of dog a resistant, is what dog. the salesman said. <laughs> oh, it didn't say it was dog proof. <laughs> You can't fully immerse it in dog, but you can get a little dog on it. All right, so let's take it away, Info Shot. It's the Technology Bytes Info Shot. Technology news and commentary by Peter Hughes. Injected directly into your skull. I think Jay mentioned it, but it bears repeating. Um, the uh, All the links to the articles that we're using tonight are at geekradio.com. And unfortunately, I'm getting feedback, so I need the uh, mix minus setup if you can. Clicked it. Yeah, I just did. All right. Well, <laughs> okay, cool. I, well, and I noticed my voice disappeared from coming back at me. That's the that's the easiest way to sound like you're in an, like you're drunk or or not paying attention is to have your own words reflected back at you a half a second after you say them anyways uh, as as jay mentioned earlier um the all the links to the articles from tonight are, are at geekradio.com you can call in now during the news and get in the queue if you have something cool to talk about or if something on the news sparks you to have a subject you want to want to discuss or want to trigger us to discuss uh, and so, uh, first story, you know, and technically the info shot is, could be called 2017, the technology year in review so far. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, it's, anyways, uh, uh, over the past year, Google's DeepMind AlphaGo AI <clears throat> has taken on and defeated worldwide Go masters, you know, the game Go, uh, in a series of high profile matches, but in a sly move similar to a game playing Turing test. DeepMind recently unleashed AlphaGo on some unsuspecting online Go players. And, of course, if it could beat Masters, what do you think it did to the people online? Uh, The mysterious player, simply called Master or Magister, started showing up on Tygem and FoxGo servers over the past few days and went on to play dozens of matches against some of the top Go players in the world. When Master won more than 50 straight, Go players on Reddit started to catch on, according to Business Insider. Uh, so it got it went out on Twitter. It says, uh, so mysterious AI. <laughs> oh, goodness. Excuse me. Uh, Master is trouncing Go players online 50 to 0, likely superhuman, and no one knows who created it. How cyberpunk. 
On Reddit, users speculated that Master was anyone from World Go champion Lee Sodol, Sodol, uh playing anonymously to a, quote, thousand-year-old Go Master spirit from a Japanese manga series. Yeah, that, that was the series. That was the lead contender, right? Uh, on Wednesday, however, DeepMind CEO uh, Demis Hasabis broke the spell and revealed on Twitter that Master was none other than the same AlphaGo AI uh, that beat out Sadol over a five-game tournament earlier this year. Uh, DeepMind used the unofficial online games to dial in a new prototype version of the AI. Um, now that our unofficial testing is complete, he wrote, we're looking forward to playing some official full-length games later this year in collaboration with Go organizations and experts to explore the profound mysteries of the game further in the spirit of mutual enlightenment. In other words, they want to go win some more, but in person. Uh, meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, the trolls keep coming on Twitter. You know, the computers can play Go, but uh, Twitter can't seem to filter the trolls. Uh, and other other news, here's one. This this has a word in the headline that may sound, that may have been getting overused a lot, but it doesn't have to do with what it's been getting overused for, for lately. Uh, GigaOM has a story called, Will 2017 Be the Armageddon for Online Ads? Uh, you know, the... Uh, the you know people are used to seeing it. You know, online ads are are on pretty much every, almost every web page, often infuriating users while untactfully trying to get the quote "please buy my product" unquote message across to potential customers. Uh, online ads and associated online ad campaigns are projected to grow in frequency in the coming year, despite a disturbing trend feeding the market. Uh, the trend, powered by a feedback loop based on false network metrics will likely accelerate the populace of ads, the number of ads, while tremendously uh, tremendously weakening the value. Uh, essentially, these false metrics may spur a death spiral for online marketing idea, online marketing companies like AdWords and AdLinks, resulting in a dramatic shift in how advertisers reach out to their customers and even change the way ads are measured. Uh, the, the problem in this case, the thing behind this is fraud, not ad blockers, you know, you'd think that might be part of it, but uh, in this case, ad fraud, um, according to, uh, there's there's many different types of digital ad fraud, said Dr. Augustine Fu, Fao, uh, an expert on cybersecurity and ad fraud. Uh, he added, however, however, ad fraud has a different impact on advertisers than on end users. Um, ad fraud can affect customers by basically phishing them, gathering their personal info, or directing those customers to malware sites, or even being the infection vector. Uh, while for businesses, ad fraud creates a whole different set of liabilities. Uh, uh, Fo said that recent research shows that ad fraud can be a lucrative proposition for those looking to benefit from it. Uh, found that it's at an all-time high, and due to its ease of scale, growing exponentially. Uh, the issue for advertisers, though, comes into measuring value. Um, advertisers expect some sort of return on their investments, and that return in the online world is measured by page views and impressions. Uh, elements that are carefully measured, packaged, and delivered to advertisers, um, you know, to uh, to keep the keep the budgets going. Uh, the thing is, now there is uh, uh, they're falsifying web traffic to inflate the visits measured. Uh, that fraudulent reporting is perpetuated by bots, which in turn are programmed to act like people. Uh, in many cases, advertisers are paying for ad impressions, which are actually fueled by bots, where it creates a, and creates a situation where the statistics are actually useless. So if they can't tell 
if they keep pouring money in and it's only bots that go to the ads, then that's another thing besides, you know, as I mentioned earlier, ad blockers, another thing that means that the ads aren't getting seen and people are paying for them for them and not getting results. Um, so it, that could be a, it, it is a growing problem and it's going to be something to, uh, um, to watch for the kind of fraud on this. And, you know, why does that matter? No, you know, obviously people are not going to be super upset when they go to their, their favorite page and there's no ads right up until the point where they try to go to their favorite page and it doesn't exist because they can't fund it or that have, they have to have a, you know, Kickstarter or a Patreon to keep their website going. So, you know, at some point there has to be a solution for how you get ads, how you deliver that without fraud and the internet for, I guess the, you know, the wild West, the idea was supposed to be that it would be a, you know, libertarian utopia where the market was frictionless and where everybody, uh, um, you know, everybody worked together and, and, you know, to, to uh, people putting out information, sharing what they knew and so on. Uh, and now it seems to be the the usual thing that happens when there's the lawlessness. Um, we're getting to where fraud and and uh, malware, etc., is uh, is rising. And you know, at some point, you wonder do, how, does that affect the ability for for people to do business on the internet? So we'll keep an eye on that one in the year to come. And then finally, uh, Ars Technica has a um, an a appears to be pretty much accurate but brutal takedown uh intel announced the new kb lake um processors their next uh um their next next round of uh of processors um it's it's the intel core i7 7700 k and uh to just read the first paragraph of the uh, of the article, the Intel Core i7 7700K is what happens when a chip company stops trying. The i7 7700K is the first desktop Intel chip in a brave new post TikTok world, that which means that instead of major improvements to architecture, process, and instructions per clock, we get slightly higher clock speeds and a way to decode DRM laden 4K streaming video. Uh, Another way to explain the, the post-TikTok world was that there would be um, – the Intel sequence on processors was very similar to like Apple's sequence on phones before where there'd be a new, you know, brand-new cool form factor, uh, you know, a new approach. And then the, the second year would be the same basic form factor but with dramatic – with improvements in, inside – and Intel was doing the same thing until they couldn't keep up with it. And now they've got sort of, it's not TikTok. It's, I think, on a three-year cycle um, or a longer cycle. And they're delivering different, uh, you know, so they're, they're delivering things differently. For the average consumer building or buying a new performance-focused PC, a desktop chip based on the 14-nanometer KB Lake remains a chip of choice. Uh, total lack of competition at this level makes sure of that. Uh, but for the enthusiast, where the latest and greatest should perform better than what became before, uh, and this is the rub, KB Lake desktop chips are a disappointment, a stopgap solution that does little more than gives OEMs something new to stick on a label in a 2017 product stack. Um, they're saying that not everything, the, the biggest thing it sounds like is that that farther down the product line, uh, particularly in graphics, there's some improvements. Uh, 
but at the top end, uh, at the very top end in particular, it's not so interesting. It didn't really change that much. Um, compared to the sixth generation Skylake processor that preceded it, it gains a small bump in base and boost, boosts the clocks to uh, in base, and which is 4.2 gigahertz, and the boosted clock is 4.5 gigahertz, uh, as well as the deceptively named Intel HD Graphics 630. Um, the latter, while new in name, is largely identical to the Intel HD Graphics 530 found in the sixth generation chip. Uh, there are no major architectural changes, and it runs at the same 1150 megahertz clock speed. Uh, the main thing you get inside, get in it, is support for 4K media decoding inside Windows 10's PlayReady 3.0 DRM, which is, makes 4K Netflix possible on PC. So it, uh, um, you know, the, the thing that's interesting is that, you know, when, when this is the first time where the top of the line didn't improve, I, I believe, in, in or if if not ever, in a long, long time, and so uh, um, it's not a good sign to uh, the future. Of course, if the uh, if Intel can't isn't getting better performance, if there's not a big improvement or a dramatic improvement from one year to the other, um, it's not. Uh, you know, then then you kind of got to wonder where we're going to go um, and where Intel is you know, where Intel is going to go because right now we don't really have com- competition. AMD is not really offering anything that pushes the high end um, uh, that pushes the high end, and so um, we're going to have to wait for the next uh, uh, next iteration and see if they're going to. Uh, see if they're going to, to give us a big boost in performance again, or if, if uh, Moore's law really has, uh, really has kind of died. And if we're, uh, um, if we're going to have to figure out, figure out something else. And that's the news. And that's the way it happened. All right. Yes. So far this year, so far this year, (laughs) it's really unfortunate about the, the CPU situation, the, the KB Lake versus, um, Skylake is Skylake the previous one. <clears throat> you yeah. got such high hopes for Intel, although, interestingly enough, they're in ten nanometer. Yeah, I, the the process improvements are great. I mean, we want that, but um, interestingly, it sounds like AMD might be. I mean, you remember the days, Pete and and everybody else, where uh, I mean, oh my gosh, in the around around the turn of the millennium, when AMD was kind of giving Intel a run for its money with the T Bird processors and. Athlon T-Birds and everything was so exciting and it seemed like that like the world of CPUs was interesting and fun and was a two-horse race. We may be coming back to that with AMD's, um, what are they calling it? It's like Ryzen or something like that is the name of the new AMD CPU um, that should be out at some point very, very soon. So if you're building a computer and you're disappointed by KB Lake, um, hang on just a little longer. There may be a fancy, awesome, hot new AMD processor in your future. 
Awesome. <laughs> I'm having a hard time well, powering up just like big desktops at home lately, which is really, really silly. But like I've, I've got a Raspberry Pi 3 hooked mm. up to, you know, a big monitor. I've got all sorts of stuff like that. I don't know if I want to buy another big Intel machine when I could buy like 10 other small machines. You know, don't, you the run the, don't you run the Surface at home? Or what, yeah, I mean, I, mean, no, what's I, mean your, I do. What's so, your daily driver? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I used to power up a great big, you know, desktop. It's still there, you know, water-cooled tower with graphics cards and with everything. But I'm not gaming anymore, so I'm just surfing the web. So, I mean, literally for the past three weeks, I just, I've been booting up. And I didn't boot it up because so I just leave it on always. You know, a little bitty two-amp Raspberry Pi that actually does everything. Well, now that we're having a few days of cold weather, though, you should, you should power now, up. If I need to heat the house, yeah, if I need to heat the house, I will. Just turn off the water heater, just let it go. But yeah, that, that's the thing. I used to be really excited about, you know, the, the newest chip coming out, and now I'm just kind of, meh. All right. Well, we have a call in the queue, so we're going to take that call and see what we can do to help this poor person out here on Technology Bytes. If you want to call in, 713-526-573. We'll go back to the processor discussion here in just a minute. Or chat with us, chat.geekradio.com. We're all hanging out. Yep. Go ahead, uh, Group House. Who do we have? All right. First up, 2017, our first call of the show is going to be Jill. Jill, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hi, Technology Bytes. Hello. Hello. I'm first caller. This is pretty thrilling. Besides all the technology problems I have. <laughs> well, it, no. life wouldn't be life without technology problems. Ah, uh, thank you, Technology Bytes. I got 99 problems, and technology is all of them. That's generally all of them, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Knowledge. <laughs> anyway, hey, I watched my hard drive. We installed Windows 7, and I can't get Windows updates. Tried everything. I've been here before, but I don't know how I fixed it. Any ideas? Well, there's a couple of things you can try. It's surprising that you're having trouble with the updates on a clean, brand-new install, but that could have to do with how many updates are probably available for a clean install of Windows 7. So so Windows 7 is getting a little long in the tooth, and there have been literally probably close to a 1,000 or more updates in its lifespan, probably more. But uh, so how long – what happens when you try to run the update? I would just, um, you click on check for updates, and I'm just doing it again here, and it will just run that green neon thing across the bar for hours. How long have you let it run? Overnight. I've just let it go. Well. I mean, I've had it hang for me, too, but I also have have done this recently and had kind of the same problem, but I let it run overnight, and eventually it, it... unscrewed itself and decided to go yeah it's sometimes sometimes you have to let it go for a long time uh i had one that i had like lee and mentioned i've had a couple actually where i've had to let it run overnight but it did finally kick in and finally started to download them there's some things you can do to see about troubleshooting it windows 7 has a built-in troubleshooter if you click on the start button and type troubleshoot troubleshooter It'll okay. bring up the troubleshooting control panel, which will allow you to go through, and it does a couple of things to take a look at the uh, the integrity of how things are set up. But it, it's uh, it's a, something to try. And Microsoft also publishes a fix it uh, that's designed to troubleshoot uh, the uh, the updates. But the fact that it's just taken a long time, the fact that it hasn't errored out or failed on you, no, tells, it hasn't. You're tells right me about that. that. It, it might eventually. Keeps- just let it run and keep running, okay. and you can still hello. use. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Sorry. Sorry. Right. So yeah, I would just say let it run, 
and run it, you know, try the troubleshooters and see if they help, but let it run and run and run until it either starts or gives you an error. It, I keep yeah, wondering when the mothership is going to call me back and say, hi, I found all your problems. Well, it should, like Jay said, it should eventually um, time out an error. I mean, it'll give you it'll give you an incomprehensible, you know, error code X08, uh, yeah. blah, 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 oh, blah. You mean when it stops itself and says... It either so fails or it succeeds. Anymore. Yeah, I've actually yeah. been to that point. It's actually Another, stopped me. It's come back. You, oh, am, I, am I too far away from the phone again? Sorry. Do you know Do you know if you have what service pack it is? Uh, service pack. Good question. Don't know. Uh, don't quite know how to find that out. In well, you can, go, you, can, you, can, you can right-click on the computer icon and select properties or about or something and determine where you stand you might be able to go and grab one of the if it's if it's service pack one are they up to service did they ever get a service pack two well they did i know they did a um they did a repackaging of the windows 7 stuff do i need an update on a service pack well if you were to run a manual update and go look for service pack two uh and install that manually it might get you over the hump with these i love it I love um, it because uh, this was uh, this was a reinstall of the hard drive with a by a by a uh, shop, right. big shop. But um, I just haven't. Um, I don't know exactly what they did. It's it's almost nothing's loaded on it. But if it's if there's more or better than something in Service Pack One, then so you're saying Service Pack Two? That's exactly two, what you yeah. said. Yeah, Service there should be. A, you should be able to Google download oh, okay. Service Pack Two. Windows 7. Now, you could also, just uh, just throwing this out here, this may not be an option, but you could also consider, if it is an option, uh, putting Windows 10 on that box instead of dealing with Windows 7. I know you said this is for a shop, so that may not be a possibility. You may be locked into 7 for various reasons, but if you're I not, consider 7. 10. Yeah, I had a bad experience with Windows 10. Personally, can't recommend it. Uh... But Windows 7, obviously, is so much better because it updates. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, you could also pop works. into. Yeah, I'm stuck. I, I like my seven just fine, if, except for not being able to get my updates. Well, so like I'm I said, I, both those. All right, yeah, try those out and see how far that gets okay. you. Yep, give it okay. a go. Good luck. All right. Hey, thanks for popping the cherry on New Year's. Bye, <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Jill. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right, seven one three five two six five seven three eight. If you want to. Uh, oh, and uh, actually, Jill, if you're still listening, I was looking down at the. Um, at the chat, the Geek Radio chat, uh, PC Guy 8088 is one of our regulars, uh, has some advice also. So you may, um, if you have a spare few moments, pop open a web browser window and hit up the uh, chat.geekradio.com uh, and uh, have a little back and forth here with PC Guy 8088. He's got some. Yeah, he's got a couple of here. a couple of uh, suggestions for downloading some manual updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might clear that problem. Sometimes, up. sometimes it helps. You can kind of give it a kind of a kick in the butt, and once you install a couple manually, it, it'll it'll get over it'll get over whatever hang up. Especially it's got. if it like if it does that thing where it tries to install the updates uh, when you shut it down. Yeah. And it says, okay, well, it was unable to install this update or that update. I find going and getting it and downloading the installer for that update in specific, and applying it, it'll usually install if you do it manually. Also, one other thing to double check whether now they're thinking about it is uh, if you've installed any antivirus software or anything like that, you might try turning that off or disabling it yep. just for the time while you get these updates. But come on into the chat.geekradio.com and talk to PC Guy 8088 I'm sure he'd be happy to I'm sure he'd be happy to help you. All right. He's a great guy. 
All right, so I see we have another call in the queue, and we'll go ahead and grab that real quick but since we have the time and Groove House. Yes. Who do we have up? Up next, we're going to speak with Aaron. Aaron, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hello, Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. I got a question uh, about, I have a desktop, it's a Dell, I'm not sure exactly what the model is, but um, it's running a bit slow, and I have... Um, Malwarebytes, uh, I have um, Hitman, the, the, the QL. Yeah, Hitman Pro. Yes, sir. Anyways, um, I also uh, downloaded House Call a couple of weeks ago. Trend Micro's product, yep. Yes, sir. Anyway, now it's like my Wi-Fi has come to a crawl. I'm not sure if there's been a virus in my computer or... It's got to do with the God. Uh, there's a lot of echo in my line. Um, All right, we don't hear it ourselves. Okay. I don't hear it. Hear it. Hear it. Hear it. Uh, so, to make a long story short, uh, is that affecting my Wi-Fi, or is that totally? What when you say that your Wi-Fi has come to a crawl? I mean, is it basically your internet experience is slow? Web pages are slow to load. Images are slow to yes, load. Sir. And I've tried resetting it, and I'm not sure if I need to tweak the the router's position in the in the house. Uh, maybe I don't know how to. Well, chances like, are, what you're experiencing. I mean, if if what about running other applications? Like if you if you launch Excel or you launch Word or you use some other application, is that slow as well, or is it just internet related things that are slow? No, I think I think everything is a bit slow. I'm okay. not sure if I need to. Uh, Reload the uh, the operating system again. I don't know. That, I don't know that you necessarily. I mean, how old is the computer? Well, I bought it used uh, two years ago. Is it Windows? So it's not Windows ten, or is it, or is it Windows ten? It's still running on Windows seven. Was it a clean, fresh install of Windows seven when you got it, or did you buy someone else's discarded computer with their? No, I bought operating? it from a computer store, and they slowly had a warranty and. I'm yeah. assuming it was a fresh install. Okay, more than likely if you bought it from a computer store, it's a fresh install. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's possible that it's possible that it's deteriorated. Two years is not terribly old in computer terms, in terms of a installed operating system, but it depends on how you've treated it and what you've done with it. What you might start before considering reloading the computer, you might consider just going through and uninstalling a few things. Maybe go ahead and take off that house call and I can't do that, sir. That's a problem. It won't let me. It's not doing that. When it, when you try to uninstall it, what happens? Uh, it just goes. It's the kind of buffers, you know, that circle goes round and round, and then and and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Well, you want to make sure you disable it before you uninstall it. That might help. If you go down in in the lower right hand corner and you're. Uh, in the taskbar and find your running applications, you might be able to find the a- icon, the icon, the icon for house call and right click it and disable or exit out of the program and then try uninstalling it. Okay. I tried, uh, then I have this, it's called the two things that I downloaded recently. Uh, on your website, you recommend malware bytes and you recommend hit 
Hitman Pro something? I, uh, well, you want to be careful that you're not running like all of these at the same time. Well, you sometimes can, they'll walk on each other. That's true. Uh, no, the two programs for fighting malware. And, you know, the thing, the thing that I encounter when dealing with the public about running a computer is sometimes people will see, and this goes all the way back to PC Magazine or whatever, where you would get a CD full of software and somebody say, well, look at all this software. I'm just going to install it without necessarily considering why you're installing it. Are you installing Malwarebytes and Hitman Pro because you've got problems with malware or are you just installing it to be safe or, I mean, are you, address, are you addressing a problem that you actually have? A bit of both. I'm. Uh, I was just trying to be proactive, and because everybody's. Um, I have a cell phone, and I travel, and every once in a while I get a virus. And in fact, that was my next question. Um, I don't know how to get rid of the virus on my cell phone. It's an Android uh, Samsung. You have a virus on your phone? Yes, sir. It's telling me to click on something. Otherwise, they're gonna. Oh yeah, he's got my that, credit card uh, or something, and it's making a weird. Thing. Uh, well, do you have any data on your phone that you're trying to save? This is this is an Android phone, right, Aaron? Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a Samsung. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you have in- information or data on the phone that you care about that you need to save? I do. Yes. Uh, you want me to you know, put that on the cloud, or how do I back that up? Well, it's not an easy question to answer. I mean, if uh, you, you, there are a number of options you have depending on the data that is on the phone. <laughs> most people uh, basically most... it's text messages, some photographs. You can, you can, you that's, can, that's really about it. You can pull the you can pull the photographs off with whatever sync app, or you can upload them to the cloud, and so you have your images. And then you can, uh, if you want to save text, I don't. I apparently saving text messages is a thing. Screenshots, just take screenshots, and it's really all you can do. But it, you know, ultimately, I, I, old text messages that I have, I don't really care to save. But I'm thinking that maybe just resetting the phone. Doing a factory reset to get it back to scratch. Yeah, generally, if it's, lose all the data, though, if it's if that, that if it's the ransomware stuff where it's telling you that it's you know you got to go pay or whatever, don't pay. you don't you can't. I mean, there's not much you can do once once you're stuck with that. It's you know, yeah, factory reset or or throw the phone in a vat of acid. One of the two. I mean, I hate to say it. I, you know, I don't want to have, give you no hope or whatever. But I mean, generally, those the cryptoware ransomware stuff is is nasty, and unless somebody releases kind of a key for it, it's also generally undefeatable. Well, the well, you know, somebody mentioned this in the chat too. With, with an Android phone, you can plug that into your computer, and you can browse the file system. Yeah. And you can grab all your photos out of the photo folder and move that to your PC. Okay. That's something you can do, and if you Google or do a little internet research, and yep. you can find out how to to pull the files, the image files off your phone. So you'll have at least those on my phone. Probably the only thing I really care about are my images. All the other stuff, the email is on my email server. So if I reload the phone and I reset up Gmail, I'll have all my mail. That's not a problem. So the images is usually all I really care about. And, yes, sir. And if you're worried about the text messages, that's probably. What? Yeah, I think Android backup service. That's what I run on mine, it? and it's got to be on Wi-Fi. It's got to be powered on according to my settings. But yeah, I can get everything. I've restored a phone, and I've gotten all my all my messages and stuff. I'm also on Google Voice, which I know plays a factor into it. But I also got a lot of the uh, the uh, whatever you want to call it the the natural phone number, not the Google Voice phone number. Phones messages, the real number. But the fact the that you're number. still able to use your phone points to the fact that it may not actually be infected, though. I mean, where are you seeing the error message? Is it all the time? Uh, when, when I, when I like, for example, if I go on WhatsApp 
a message will come, or if I am picking an email, it will basically, the, the screen goes red, it starts beeping. That might be the, the cyber police ransomware, I'm thinking, which is one of the kits out there. Like Lee said, there's not much you can do about it. I would back up everything and then just do a hard reset, which I think on a okay. Samsung phone is you, you hold the power button, volume up, and I think home. Let me double check this. You, yeah, just Google hard reset, but it's a, it's a combination of power buttons with the device off. You'll hold down three buttons. You'll let it come up. You'll let go of everything except one button, and then you'll have an option to wipe the phone. Okay, but super. Just back so, up everything. Can I just revisit the, the, the PC situation? Yeah. Um, uh, on the, I've got malware bytes, and I got um, the Hitman Pro, and right. then I recently got House Call. So I need to disable before I can... You could try to disable... Disable House Call and see if it will then let you uninstall it. Sometimes it's difficult to uninstall a program that's running in the background. The nice thing about Hitman Pro and Malware Bytes is they don't tend to run in the background, so they're easy that you can launch them when you need them. You yes, can sir. you can uninstall them pretty easily. But a, a real-time antivirus or real-time security software is constantly running on your PC, which is good because it's designed to protect you in real time. But if you try to interact with that software, like trying to uninstall it, if it's running, sometimes you can't do that. So you have to go and actually shut it down, find the control panel for that application, and turn it off, and then go and uninstall it. Okay. Okay. One last comment, sir. Should I get the malware Pro and the Hitman Pro? You, the paid version? The, the answer to that question is twofold. Getting the Pro version means that you're paying the developers to keep that software going because you appreciate what it does for you and it's helped you and you want to make sure that they're supported. Whether or not you need it or not, I don't know. If you're if you're the kind of person who is who is constantly getting your computer and phone infected with viruses, you should probably go as far out with as much protection as you possibly can. But if you got the, it, it doesn't sound like your computer's infected with virus. It sounds like your phone's infected. But it doesn't sound like your computer's infected. If you're running malware bytes and it's not finding anything, if you're running Hitman Pro and it's not finding anything, then you're probably okay. You don't need to necessarily go and pay for it. But if you want to be a good responsible computer sys, uh, computer uh, uh, user, you might want to go ahead and pay for the software. But whether or not you'll, you won't, if you go to Malwarebytes website and do a comparison on the features between the free version and the paid version, and you like the features in the paid version, then pay for it. But if you only need the features in the free version, then certainly utilize the uh, the free version. Now, I'm guessing he doesn't have the actual version, like the real working version of uh, of the the ransomware that's out there because you shouldn't be able to do anything on his phone. Like, you shouldn't be able to get to where he's well, maybe going. Maybe he's got the, the crappy messed, imitation version yeah, that just throws up notices. Someone messed up the payload. So what you can do on an Android phone is, uh, with the Android phone on, it's kind of weird, hold the power button until it's going to go off. The display will come up that says, do you want to shut the phone down? Tap and then hold the power off button, and it's going to give you a option, an option to reboot into safe mode, kind of like Windows. And then when that comes up, you can actually look at everything that's running and then shut down certain programs. It's kind of like guessing, you know, if you don't know what a lot of the stuff is. But it could be that they just installed, you know, a, a program that isn't actually doing the encrypting, and you can actually get in there and just remove it in safe mode. Oh, so if you go into safe mode on the phone, you could go and look at your apps and you can see, see if what's some... running and uninstall something that wouldn't normally show up under the normal mode because it's probably masking itself. 
So it sounds like like did someone just messed up on this thing, or they just put it out there to see if, how far it would go without actually encrypting people's drives. Well, there are there are pop-ups. Uh, there's malware out there that will throw pop-ups at you that you're not really you don't really have a real problem it's just that you have these annoying pop-ups that seem to indicate a worse problem than you really have and i you know it goes back to our conversation a few weeks ago about the android phones is that unfortunately they're very susceptible to this kind of malicious software and it's if you're a good responsible phone computer user and you're not installing weird funky apps you're not browsing strange sites you'll probably be okay, but when you do run into this kind of thing, it becomes very difficult to fix. One of the things I like, and it's not really an, an iPhone versus Android thing, but in my experience with the iPhone, because of the way it backs up to iTunes and saves my images and saves my music and saves all of that stuff, when it's time to reset the phone, and that's whether the phone's just having problems and needs to be reset, or I get a new phone, it's very easy to restore to the new device. All my data is protected, so if I did run across something malicious or foul, I can reset the phone, and, and I'm out probably an hour of my time, but I have everything back. Or if I buy a new phone, I'm out an hour as I restore it. Androids tend to be a little bit more cryptic for doing that kind of thing. There's a lot more uh, versatility and functionality in there that if you're if you're a geek and you like that kind of thing, you know, I remember my first real smartphone was an Android phone, and I liked being able to mount the drive on that on my computer and be able to browse the file system and get all of the information off of it. But for the average user, it it's, tends to be a little bit maybe too cryptic. So, you know, something to consider. But you should be able to, and if you go on the web, you can find all this information. The good news is, is that because of the Internet, you can go and find picture-laden tutorials on how to do anything you want to do with technology and even flush toilets where I just repaired my toilet based on a YouTube video. It's all out there if you put construct the right search. So say, back up my Android phone, save photos, reset Android phone. You'll find someone with instructions that will tell you exactly how to do it and what to do. I'm sorry, Jay. Your instructions were unclear. I just threw my Android phone into your toilet. <laughs> I love Android, but they did. I'm trying to find who named them this, but someone named for 2016 the most hackable thing is Android. Really? Yeah, just the number of exploits and just all the badness. Well, that I mean, let's let's be really clear. Year. I know we have another call in there, but let's be really clear. You're not talking about the operating system itself when properly patched and taken care of is not an insecure wreck of an operating system. Mm -hmm. It's just you have to add in the carriers that don't care and the OEMs that don't care and the fact that I still see, I can see, I can pull up my website, my, my little home website with my blog and stuff and pull up my logs and I can still see like Android 2.0. Yeah. Well, if, if you go like, you know, weakest Buffalo kind of, you know, mentality right. kind of thing. <laughs> if you look at that, I think Android, you well, we, we lose a lot of Buffaloes because we've got a lot of weak old Buffaloes. We've got Buffalo from like running around from 2008 still out there. Yeah. Just thinking, hey, I'm the newest Buffalo there is, and nope. they're not. They're just a, oh, that's a Kit Kat. But we're, yeah, we're letting ice cream sandwich Buffalo go. No, that's the, a lot of old Buffalo. The point is that they're making, which buffalo. is valid, is very good. Uh, with the Androids, you don't know what version, you know, unless you pay attention, you know what to look for. Not all Android phones are created equally because no. the carrier is the the is the deciding body that determines whether or not you're going to receive updates. Android will update, and then it's up to the carriers to push out from there. Right, because much, it, yeah. it, it's got to be able to run on the hardware configuration. The thing about iPhone is it's the same hardware, and that it's you know the updates are provided. It works across all devices. Everybody gets the well, it's, update. It's also like if somebody called in to you know an auto show and said. I have a Ford, and I'm having problems with it. 
Well, there's a lot of different Fords, and there's a lot of different year models of Fords, and Android's kind of the same way. But there's, they all have problems. Just get a Chevy. <laughs> there's a lot of different versions of Android, and there's well, and it's a not lot just of different that. mods it's on that, Android. Yeah, yes. and and you'll there'll be uh, it, it, <laughs> to to use the to abuse the auto analogy, it would be like somebody saying, "Yeah, I just have a I have a 1985." Uh, a Ford Crown Vic that I just got brand new. Um, and it was, I just I just bought it. It was uh, it was really inexpensive, but it was a great deal. Uh, and then and, I put uh, in some new seats and I lowered it and and I'm running into this problem where it just spontaneously explodes. Like, oh yeah, the 1985 Crown Vics had a bug where they they just would blow up from time to time. The solution is to upgrade to an 86. And it's like, well, I can't. I can't. This is my car now. I'm a contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you really do have to know what you're looking for. Even like the carriers will throw on extra software. The the phone value added software. Yeah, value added software. It's a lot yeah. like you know Windows 311. All the stuff that used to come my on. My Ford has spinners. Yeah, I didn't even ask for them. Ringtones I didn't ask for. No, in the case it, of the phone crap where it would be like my the manufacturer put in a second radio that's you nowhere near as good as the first radio and i can't get rid of it <laughs> yeah that annoys me I, I, I don't want to name names but there are some curious that put stuff on there and they won't let you remove it like you were stuck with that and it All updates right. the most you can do is uninstall the updates for it Samsung was pretty bad about yeah that. that's yeah <laughs> if you want to name you got a name name samsung Sam's like put stuff on phones you don't want, like malware, like fire, you know, fire flames. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, they are. I think they might redeem themselves, and hopefully this is in the show prep. But they announced that the next phone, uh, I guess the Nexus Eight, is actually going to be able not dock. Yeah, more or less dockable. You dock it to a keyboard, uh, mouse, and monitor. And those and catch on fire too. It will be five times more explodey. Five times, yeah, but more or less, it's a computer. So we're finally getting to the point where what you carry in your pocket becomes your desktop too. We'll see. The dock will probably cost more than the phone. All right, we got one call left in the queue and enough time to take it, and then we'll probably need to take a short break after that, and then we'll come back with more segments and more information as we uh, bring. We got to get Peter out of his stupor and bring him back on the air and and have him tell us more interesting stuff. So we got that coming <laughs> your way. All right, Groovehouse. Who yes. do we have up next? Up next, we're going to speak with Mike. Mike, you're on the air with Technology Bites. <clears throat> yes, guys. How y'all doing tonight? We're okay. <laughs> No, okay. yes. You <laughs> press one. You press one yeah. if you have a yeah, computer. <laughs> well, I got a major problem. Um, I, I use uh, uh, it's an HP, and I go to Firefox on the private page. And sometimes when you're browsing these adults pages, I end up getting a thing where it says you're being tracked, and um, the uh, the little box pops up that says you're being tracked, and they could be giving your credit card information or your password. Scareware. Okay. Okay. So there are you know there are types of pop-ups, and there's also stuff that can get installed on your computer that throw up these ads or these warnings that look mm -hmm. legitimate and serious, and they're usually if you click on them and agree to do whatever they say you're doing, then you're going to hurt yourself. But for right now, you're probably okay. Okay. And what I end up doing is. I try to click off that box, get rid of that box, and it keeps on popping right. back up. I'm going to go so ahead what? and just do the real quick. This is a spyware call. Here's the answer to your question solution. If you've never listened to the show back when we took calls before, if you haven't visited our website, uh, you, prob you probably have something on the computer you need to get rid of. And there's a couple of tools you can use that I recommend that are really good for removing this kind of problem, and okay. that's Malwarebytes and Hitman Pro. And if you go to geekradio.com and click on the Spywares link, I've got a whole outline there about stuff you can try to see about getting rid of that. Okay. 
Yeah, because what I end up doing is if I can't get that box off there, I just unplug the computer, take the battery out, turn yeah. it back on, and go back to the same site, and it don't pop up. But right. Well, actually, have, it does. Yeah, and also there are certain websites that have bad payloads in their advertisements, and they're not just the bad sites anymore. It used to be that you would have to go to some pretty shady Internet locations to find them but uh right. now they're on now they're on normal pages but also you know if i don't know if you are sh- visiting shady websites you need yeah, to be careful sites, because yeah. no, nobody nobody is nobody who's putting anything on the internet ultimately is wanting to do it for free so if you go to these these especially adult sites and things like that they make their money off of the ads and malware that they put on there in combination the, it, the other ahead. option would probably be an ad blocker of some sort? Well, an ad blocker might help you, but one of the things I discovered early on in my fight against spyware was that if you run an ad blocker on a computer that's infected with spyware, oh. really you're just kind of spinning your wheels. It's like revving your engine with the brake, you know, in gear with the brake on. That's if it's already infected. Right. Right. If it's not... Then that that should certainly help. That's a good point, Groovehouse. And so there's a program called AdBlock that you okay. can run that you can... And also maybe try... If you're, are you say you're using Firefox? Yeah, I use Firefox, and, and my uh, my antivirus is uh, Viper. Okay, I'm not familiar with Viper, but there, you know, just to be clear, and since we haven't had this conversation in a long time on the show, there is a difference between viruses and trojans and malware. So you could have a good antivirus program running on your computer, but it would not necessarily detect all the other kinds of malware. So that's why I recommend right. running another tool that's dedicated to fighting malware or spyware like Malware Bytes or Hitman Pro. And again, geekradio.com on the spyware's link and you'll find it. And uh, good luck to you, sir. Wish you the best. All right, well, we're coming up close, but not quite to the top of the hour. Stretch, stretch. So Android being 2016's <laughs> most vulnerable product came on the number of CVEs that were released, or more or less like... What's a CVE? CVE. A CVE. I should know what CVE stands for. Critical. Critical. Vendor. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Exploit. Enhancement. Enhancement. I like I like my vulnerability enhancement drugs. Is that what they're called? Common vulnerabilities and exposures. Ah, so more or less, and I, always, I thought it's something else. So when something comes out, they'll do like a CVE. It'll usually be the date and then like maybe the number that have come out that day. So it's just a way for people to disclose bugs. So, you know, if you're running servers, you're running a lot of stuff, you'll go out and more or less in the morning, see what out, see what's out there that affects your equipment. So more or less, they compiled you know big lists of everything. I think they had 522 Andrew Android had. Apple was out there, though. Uh, Apple came in 11th um, in 2016. Although past years, it's kind of interesting to see. So 2015, the big winner was OS X. Internet Explorer was a big winner in 2014 with 243 bugs. A lot of Linux kernel, some Google Chrome mixed in years before that. And then way, way back in the day, it was almost all IE. But just to give you an idea, there were, you know, 40, 50 bugs being, you know, reported in the early 2000s, and now we're up to, you know, 500 bucks per product. So everything's kind of broken, it seems like. Everything is terrible. Yeah, and that's really not a good indication because these are still, these are disclosed bugs, and these are where security researchers are doing them. So Android's a hot topic. They're looking at Android a lot. Um, But, you know, it's probably a good idea of, you know, how much stuff is vulnerable out there. All right, I have a question. Well, I was reading. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I, uh, you know, to build on what Barrett was saying, I, I was reading this week, uh, it sounds like ransomware has been very successful in making money. 
which means that there's going to be more of it. And the other thing was that apparently there are what they're seeing out there is explorations to, you know, usually ransomware, you go to the wrong page or you get sent a dot, you know, you, you have to take an action and they're looking at more of the kind of virus, uh, you know, infect the whole network. Once one machine's on, it takes, it starts working to pass the, pass the malware on to other machines on it. Uh, and that that's something that might be big in 2017. Yeah, I hope the California came out today and passed a law making ransomware illegal, which you'd think is kind of a no-brainer, but the good way job, the, California. Yeah, good job. The way that the law kind of defines stuff, there's no law explicitly saying you can't do some of the things that is involved in installing a ransomware kit onto someone's computer. Don't they generally it, just try to prosecute it as some tax, sort of tax, other yeah. other like badly fitted computer crime? Well, if you're not paying taxes on the money that you're making from all your ransomware exploits, then don't the IRS is going to come after you. And that's how they've been getting gangs, people, other people doing this in the past, but this is really bad. So if you've got a MongoDB database just out there on the net and you've been playing with it, there's actually ransomware has hit those the past few days. If you log in and do a show table, you'll get a more or less a ransomware message that says, hey, pay us if you want to see your data back. And again, there's there's no telling if people are paying, but in some instances that could be corporate data. It's much more than just seeing your phone. So corporations with deep pockets. So yeah, ransomware is everywhere. I like my data. What I like my database. <laughs> Put passwords on your databases, people. It's always a good idea to protect your stuff, man. Yeah, I looked at the numbers on how many Mongo databases were owned out there, and the, I was like, okay, that's a good number of them. Is there, but is there just a common MongoDB vulnerability right now? No, the, the common vulnerability is people aren't putting passwords on their database. It's the default uh, Mongo password, period. You know, when you install it, change it. That's all. That's how this one works. Always change defaults. All right, well, there's the music that tells us it's time to take a short break from doing Technology Bytes and do some station business. So we're going to take a short break from Technology Bytes and do some station business. If you want to be on the air next hour, call 713-526-5738. Spyware calls. Go to the back of the line because, you know, geekradio.com has all you need to know about how to deal with the spyware. Because we're running anti-spyware. <laughs> all right. Well, you're listening to Technology Bytes. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's... Groovehouse. the River Oaks Chamber Orchestra partners with the Interactive Theater Company to bring the fable Peter and the Wolf to life at the Houston Zoo. The 2017 Peter and the Wolf performance happens Sunday, January 15th. There will be shows at 2, 3, and 4 p.m. at the Houston Zoo, just south of downtown. Free with zoo admission, these performances are part of the Houston Zoo's initiative to promote wolf conservation. 
For details, you can visit rocohouston.org. You're listening to 90.1 KPFT Houston. Find the complete program schedule and how to support this community resource at kpft.org. KPFT has a fun drive coming up, and we need your help to make it a success. Our phone volunteer trainings are coming up, and we could really use your help. You'll meet KPFT listeners just like you and help this community radio station. Your efforts make a difference and can make this a fun, fast, and successful drive. We hold phone volunteer training regularly to accommodate all kinds of schedules. Visit kpft.org for a complete list of training dates. If you are a seasoned phone volunteer, call 713-526-4000 to sign up for a volunteer shift. You are tuned into Pacifica Radio, kpft.org, twitter.com backslash kpft, facebook.com backslash kpft Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM, KPFT, backslash Houston. We now return to Technology Bytes. Thank you very much. Close tag. Technology Bytes. That guy, that guy kept saying backslash. It's not a, it's not a backslash. It's a forward slash. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, I wasn't paying attention, but that mm. would that would have irked me if I had listened. <laughs> Twitter.com's backslash something something. No. All right, so, you know, that's like the most, one of the things I've probably said more times in my life than I care to, well, wish that I ever had is, you know, telling someone an address or a thing to type in to mount a drive share. So you say forward slash or backslash, and they, of course, they tell you they're doing it. And they said, well, it's not working. I said, okay, you do know that a forward slash starts at the left and goes up to a, the right. A slash is falling to the right, and a backslash is falling to the left. There you go. Which, I don't know what the backside of a slash looks like because I don't swing like that. I'll show you the backside of a slash. <laughs> I just do question mark. I do the one, you know, the one, look, find the question mark. I, you kind of have to know what keyboard they're on, but that's a lot easier than trying to do the left, right, up, down thing. I find <laughs> up, up, down, down. Yeah, there's the just like, hey, look down and hit the slash over your question mark. Is a forward oh, slash? Oh yeah, the slash above the inner key. Otherwise, you could you could say the backslash is the one over the pipe, but that even that's eroding along the down. That just leads to more consternation. Just go not the one over the question mark. We are the, other one. to let everybody know we're having issues with the chat.geekradio server, so we're doing a reboot here. It's been. Well, have you it tried been trying the backslash instead of the forward slash? I, I done rebooted it. All right, I wonder if it just... Uh... It been done rebooted. I bet I can reset your password, too, Jay. Although I made you a... Oh, yeah, reset password. Boop! Here, type type what you want your new password to be right here. On my, my keylogger-equipped laptop, so now I'm, wow. I'm going to know all your tricks and secrets. <clears throat> you ever notice that, like, you can tell who the IT guys are by when... Someone types a password they in, turn their the head. IT people all go like this, they all turn their head yeah. away. It's like this ingrained thing. Yeah, you know, it's always the polite thing to do. Yeah. And But also the key, that, like okay. when I'm watching someone uh, do their password, I'm also needing to watch them long enough to make sure they're not putting their email address in. <laughs> or they're going, one, two, three, four, five, enter. <laughs> I'm going to watch that. All too. right, so I set the password there. Let's see, right, if, it see, will if, let you, see if it one, lets you log two, in. One, two, three, four. To our to our chat. I mean, I can I can always tear this down or replace it with something else. There's another app called Rocket Chat that is 
that is also very cool. Um, we could we could fiddle with that at some point. I mean, it's not like we've got. I mean, there's an app out there called IRC. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I we could always new. we could always throw new. IRC up again. I'm, I'm the only one on IRC. I'm gonna go, I'll go join you in IRC. That's well, I mean, except you log except in? virtual no. me and that a couple so of people weird. that never talk. Maybe we should. If only there was a tech show we could call to um, to help us with this issue. So, what stack does Mattermost run on? Um, so it's kind of interesting. So Mattermost, we're talking about here, Mattermost is the name of the chat application that we're currently using that you can reach at chat.geekradio.com. Um, and it's not distributed as there's there, I think they have a, a GitHub repo that they do active development on, but the, the version that you download and run is actually, uh, packaged as a single, um, executable. Um, but it's when you rip it apart and look under the hood, I believe it is Node.js and, um, Oh, I just looked this up. It's Node.js and, um, um, oh, crud. I'm sorry. I'm blank. Golang and React, yes. it looks like. Yeah. React and Golang served with uh, with the Node.js layer yeah. to serve everything. So it's kind of interesting. I was I was originally thinking it was going to be some kind of, like, Ruby abomination, but it's not. Abomination. It's it's, it's Golang, <laughs> which is which is a fascinating Well, since my tool. account was somehow seemed to be linked to Barrett's account for some reason. That's We funky. are linked, Are you, though. is it like, you? How? what are you, is it like it logs in and does what? Well, I'll show you here. So let me do live uh, troubleshooting on the air. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you. Jo- well, I'll tell you. Well, I, it's, it's going to tell. It's going to tell. It's going to tell. <laughs> Not like that. So Not like that. It will send me the. I do a password reset. It emails it to me. Uh-huh. Here I am at the login screen. Right. And there you a are. Brief flash. You'll yeah. see. And it and then it and then it, it bounces shows me you the out. screen to join the channel and then it bounces me back out. That's funky, man. I wonder if something is. I wonder if, if I broke something. Have you cleared your cache? Yeah, try try uh, or just pop in privacy mode. <laughs> you know quick. what? This sounds this sounds like this this sounds like a spyware call. So I think maybe we're gonna have to dump this. <laughs> we're gonna have to put this conversation in <laughs> the back of the show, gentlemen. <laughs> Very sorry. You just pop in there in, in <clears> privacy <throat> mode and see what it does. Maybe your cache has been poisoned. Poisoned. Surely there's His a... cache is poisoned. <laughs> His cache is Same thing. Poisoned. Can you just delete my account and I'll make a new one? Yeah, I'll kill you real quick. All right. Well, that's technology right there for <laughs> just, you. Just delete it. I, right when I was kind of getting to like this program. and Yeah, but I, I was I looked, I looked, but, I, but I looked up at my uh, my profile. I was going to say, I need to add a profile pic. This will be kind of cool. And then I, it said my name was B Cannon. At B-Cannon. Yeah, that's funky, man. So it like linked our two accounts somehow. Somehow. I am Barrett Cannon. I am Jay Lee. I just dropped my phone. <laughs> I am Barrett Cannon. No, I, am, I am Barrett. I am Barrett Cannon. I am Barrett Cannon. <laughs> yeah, see, now it just logged me out, so maybe something is really broken Uh-oh, here. Oh, you can't get back in either? No, if I can't get back in, we've we got a problem. Right. Barrett Cannon number two. Oh, no, I can't get back in. <laughs> How many phones have you dropped right, in? Well, like, we may be switching away from this chat platform in the near future to IRC something else. Dot, IRC. Oh, and now it let me in. Oh, it did? Now I had to do it like eight times, and now let me... Why? What is going on with this thing? All right, well, maybe I should troubleshoot this offline, not in the middle of the show. All right, well, Peter Hughes <clears throat> is standing by with the next segment of the Technology Bytes program. That's what matters most. What do we have coming up? Ah, yes. <laughs> Oh, 
this segment has ruined rebooting my Apple forever. <laughs> <laughs> because every time I reboot my Apple and I get that chime, I hear the la-la-las. You just need to sing them. I do. We need to figure out how to add that so that you can have the sound. There's got to be a way to... To hack the Apple sound sounds. So you could add that into the end of it. That could be the future of Apple. Uh, and this is the Apple segment, so we've got apple type rumors. Um, now, a couple things. Uh, right now, the, the for the, the year going ahead, the, it's sort of sad because for the... Leading up to 2017, I, I I looked at them. I didn't see any that were worth covering here, but uh, but I'm I want to mention them in passing. Is that there's already enough of a rumor base built up that there were articles for the first of 2017 talking about what the iPhone 8 is going to be like and all of that. Which, just for reference, the iPhone 8 will probably be announced sometime in. September of this year, so nine months from now, and so there's a lot of room for things to change and be different in that time, but there's enough kind of rumor-mongering already that there's... Well, the iPhone 7S, it was a lot more dicey. People didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, on this one, so this time I just have uh, um, uh, Apple Watch Apple Watch rumors. I don't know, does I, do people still care about the Apple Watch? I, I tried to, to care. I don't some. really care. I feel I, like I should care I about think the a price. Is the big, the big barrier is the price. I think even the cheapest one. You know, you you kind of go, okay, well, the price might be good on that that series one, but do I want the old hardware that's not you know latest and greatest? And then you look at the latest and greatest hardware, and it's you know six hundred bucks before you turn around. Uh, anyways, uh, the third the rumor mill is spoken, and the third gen Apple Watch won't see a radical revision, but will apparently focus on battery life and performance. The reports su- surfaced from, an, from anonymous contacts along the supply chain and were reported by the Economic Daily News. Apple unveiled the second generation of Apple Watch alongside the iPhone 7 in September. Dubbed Series 2, the device features a brighter display, better processor with an S2 chip and water resistance, but kept the same design as its predecessor. After testing, it was noted that the battery lasted much longer than the original model, pushing into a third day on a single charge. The report indicates that Apple is putting a good deal of focus on improving the device's battery life, albeit if it's that it's is that it means that other areas quote will not see much change. Uh, previous rumors pegged Apple Watch Series Three for using more energy efficient micro LED screens rather than OLED. Report also says Apple's eyeing a fall 2017 release for the new watch, and will, it will be manufactured by Taiwan-based Quanta, the same company that built the first two models. So we'll watch that one. I mean, yes, that does fit in with the phone rumor thing, but uh, um, I think the watch has a lot less room for them to um, a lot less room for them to to innovate from from uh, release to release. And then the other thing I've got on the Apple is uh, um, this one's uh, a review from Ars Technica. <gasps> Those guys. And uh, I love this. Uh, reviewing the AirPods, uh, which uh, – so there's enough out there finally that there are reviews showing up on them. This guy, I guess he had a happy Christmas because the review was posted on the on the 26th of, uh, of December. Uh but uh, I like the, the headline is the AirPods are fine wireless headphones for a certain type of person. And then they say it right below. If you're way into Apple, 
your ear pods fit and you have expendable cash, you're welcome. <laughs> so that so the, the the type of person that the AirPods are a fine wireless headphone is you have to be an Apple person. Earpods have to fit your ears, and you have the kind of cash to to drop on it. Um, so they mentioned, uh, let's see, that they had spent a little time in in September. Um, and then got final production versions of the AirPods in exchange for the non-final version, final version they tested before. Um, he said the company, in the review, it says the company wouldn't tell us what the differences were, though, and everything from the packaging to the markings on the hardware to the pairing process and audio quality is apparently identical. Um, so uh, the, the other big thing I've seen around is uh, um, that the AirPods, that people are disguising their AirPod case as a... Um, as as dental dental materials, I guess like uh, apparently the the packaging on the, that that you carry the AirPods in looks a whole lot like a package that you carry these kind of like special. I think they're like dental floss holder thingies, and so people are taking the plastic label off the dental floss and putting it on their AirPod case so that people don't steal them. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, he he says uh, in the unpacking, says they come in a small cardboard box with a USB A to Lightning cable, but no separate power adapter. Um, it's easy to it's easy to miss the fact that there's a cable in the box at all because it's hidden under the cardboard insert. Um, let's see. He says uh, um, the the, uh, the head, headphones themselves come in a small, glossy white flip-top case reminiscent of a dental floss dispenser or a cigarette lighter. And the case's finish is identical in style to the one Apple uses for the Apple Pencil. They say that uh, see the case also serves as a mobile wireless charger for the buds themselves. And there's a small female lightning connector at the bottom to charge it up. There's a nearly invisible button on the back of the case for pairing. The W1 chip coupled with iCloud will make it so that many buyers never need to use it but you'll have to press it with the AirPods inside it to pair with any normal Bluetooth devices. So you need to know that. There's apparently a small indicator light between the two AirPods in the charger that tells you when the buds are charged and when they still need more time. Uh, green means charged, orange means charging. The light will also gently pulse white while the case is in pairing mode. Uh, and then uh, I think the biggest thing maybe people wonder about is how you pair them. Uh, pairing is accomplished by flipping open the top of the case near your phone. Uh, this works exactly the same regardless of whether you're using an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 7, which is fairly cool. You hit connect on your phone, and you're ready to go. Um, after that, you can check your AirPods battery life in the batteries widget, or you can flip the top of the case near your phone to make a custom battery status sheet for both the AirPods and the case. Um, take one of the AirPods out of the case while the sheet is still visible, and it can show the battery level for each individual AirPod if you wanted to see that. Um, let's see. For no obvious technical reason, neither the pairing nor the battery status sheet work on iPads or iPod Touches. So uh, uh, Apple says the AirPods themselves can provide up to five hours of battery life on a single charge, and the battery case can charge them enough to get you up to a total of 24 hours. And the popping dead AirPods into the battery case for 15 minutes will yield about three hours of battery life. Uh, this is Apple's standard answer to questions about longevity with its Bluetooth accessories. Um, charging the uh, Magic Mouse 2 with the port on the bottom, the Apple Pencil that juts out awkwardly out of the bottom of your iPad, or the AirPods might be annoying, 
But in a pinch, you don't need to charge them for long to get as much power as you need to finish doing whatever you're doing. So it's a livable, livable compromise. So uh, um, I I haven't heard, you know, it's one of those things where the, the AirPods are out there. I don't know that enough have sold. I haven't seen anybody around with them in real life. Um, obviously, uh, it might, Lee may be an exception with, with dealing with other people in the tech business. No, I haven't uh, either. I've, I've only seen the ones that Andrew, my reviewer, has. And the pairing, when you flip open the, <clears throat> excuse me, the pairing, when you flip open the little pod thing, the little, looks like a dental floss case. But it is, it is you actually. You did see the said about the stickers, that they're putting dental yeah, floss stickers you could yeah, put on it's a, Yeah, it, but, but I mean, it's it's slick. It, it's neat. Um, I'm not really sold on the form factor or how easy they would be to lose or whatever, but like as far as the functionality, uh, I, I mean, gotta hand it to them. It's it's Apple-like. It is slick and it works well. So yeah, I, I'm just. It'll be interesting to see as more people have them. Uh, I guess the sum up at the end is the good is that they are sturdy and hard to damage by accident. Battery isn't a problem. Charging case is reasonably convenient and practical way to carry them around. Uh, if they fit in your ears, you'll have no problem keeping them in while working out or walking around. So if you if you had the wired ones and you they they work in your ears, then I think that the uh, AirPods should work fine for you. Uh, it says they sound better than standard earpods, though they won't win awards from audio buffs. Um, and then the bad the bad's always the fun list on a lot of these things. Uh, it says they're sort of dorky looking, though dorkiness is in the eye of the beholder. Or as the they ear. fade as they become normalized. Uh, wireless issues aren't 100% solved. That's not a good thing, given the delays to get them out. They're easy to lose. They might not fit your ears. Uh, Apple seems to have backed off from claims that the AirPods will play audio automatically and seamlessly from whatever device you're using. Uh, iPad and Mac users will need to select the AirPods manually as they would for any Bluetooth device. Uh, and then the ugly... Uh, so there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly is expensive to buy, expensive to fix expensive to replace but you know it doesn't seem like headphones have moved to that anyway unless you just go and buy the super cheapies um out there so that's that's the apple rumors for uh for today do we well, have I was, calls I was, in the queue we do have one oh, but i wanted to revisit the airpod uh the thing airpod technology would have saved me a lot of hassle yeah on eBay here recently because I don't, I don't plug headphones into my phone. I just never do. I never listen. I don't use it to make calls. I don't listen to music on my phone unless it's you know streaming. You like to listen to videos real loud in public with in your phone, shops. especially next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Get I, some earphones. I, 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 <laughs> Everybody out there listening to videos on your phone in public, it's time to buy some earphones. I'm not that guy. Good. All right. I know people are out there that are that guy though. I'm not that guy. Games yeah. are the same thing. Not even close to the point I was about to make either. But thank you. <laughs> Had to get on my soapbox. I, I, I'm happy to hear you rant. Every once I got in a while, rant. The riled up groove house is a good groove house. He's a very very fine house with That's two right. two rants in the yard. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, if I if I had the phone, which I do now. So next, my next eBay experience will be much better. But this experience, this will tell you why headphone jacks are out. Because I never, well, I guess if I used headphone jacks, it would have been okay. But I never used my headphones. So I took my iPhone 6 Plus and I threw it up on eBay and I sold it. And I sold it for a very good price. And the person who bought it, and I said no returns, you know, as is. But 
they contacted me and they said the headphones won't plug into the jack they won't stay and i was like okay maybe that's true and maybe that's from when i dropped it and had it repaired or maybe so i don't know so i'll accept a return go ahead and return it to me and they sent it back and i asked them i said you know can you try cleaning out check for lint whatever and they said i did and we couldn't get it to work and so i got it back last week and i looked in the jack and i couldn't see anything and i got a toothpick and i dug in there and i pulled out a wad there it was and wow and it and the head Wad, uh, was it just Twix? Lint? Just lint. Was it some Twix? Twix? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, that goes way back. But no, it was just pocket lint in my head. Wow. I had lint in my in my earphone. Belly button. That's why I don't carry my phone in my belly button, just for the record. <laughs> but wow. it, co- it cost me the effort of selling it once and uh, shipping it out and having to pay to have it shipped back. So I lost, I've lost money already uh, just because of that. But if it had been AirBuds... If it all been Bluetooth, I wouldn't have a headphone jack to worry about, would I? The charge, yeah, because I keep my charge port clear. I keep my charge hole clean. Lint in a <laughs> hole is not. You know, Lint in your hole is usually it's not enough to. You know, it was uh, enough to stop the headphone jack wow. from going getting seated in there properly. You can get spyware that way. <laughs> I had litware. You had litware. It was probably underwear <laughs> or pocketware. But yeah, wow. so I had that. So the the having no no ports or holes in your technology. They gave up their phone for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, thank thank, thank you and good night. Thank goodness. Lee on a high note. Thank goodness. Lee on a high note. A Trojan in there. <laughs> I didn't put it in my wallet. <laughs> oh, the goodness. Google wallet. All right. All right. Well, we got a call in the queue, and we're having a good time. So let's see if we can uh, keep that going with a call. So Groovehouse. Right. Yes. Who do we have up? Up next, it's Pablo. Pablo, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Howdy. Good. Well, um, I was calling because um, I was trying to see a way to measure how long an application takes to do something. Like, for example, in Windows 7, how long would, uh, like, in design, sometimes on, on a specific computer it can take 5 minutes and 10 seconds, and in another computer it can take 10 minutes or 3 minutes. And I was trying to see if there's an application that I can use to measure how long would it take. How long it would run. take to run the to, to render the image? It's it's an example like render something with InDesign or um, you know. Well, the app is well. I don't know of anything that will measure the computer for a specific application's ability to do something, but there are benchmark applications that you can run on a computer that will test CPU processing speed, memory, and things like that, and give you a comparison where you can see where the computer ranks. But I don't know of anything that would just specifically be for, you know, like something like InDesign or something. But you could but you could probably... So are you looking to buy a computer to run this program on? Well, I, I really have a computer, and I'm trying to see, you, you know, compare it with uh, another computer. And uh, I, I know that... Well, I don't know if, if it's not... If, uh, if it's still, you know, uh, functioning or, you know, working application, but long time ago there was, I think, an application called Uptimer from Passmark, but uh, I think that was with Windows XP. And then... Um, but uh, I... You know, I haven't seen it around 
Is it you know, op timer? Or app, app timer is still around. Yeah, Passpark makes it. It but is still out there. I, I don't know if it works with seven. So you're getting? Are you getting different rendering times with the same image, or with the same the same you know what the Data same project set. in InDesign? Well, I mean, like it's it's um, it it I, I'm I'm not the one that that made the request, but yeah, I mean, like, I I get different results and i'm trying to see if there's an issue or a reason for so you, that so you're just trying to measure how long it, how long it takes. takes to do a specific task the same task with the same app on two different computers yeah so you're just looking for a timer yeah it's a they yeah. will said well i mean like we run this job 10 times we run this rendering 10 times and it took in you know 10 minutes 10 minutes to uh, in, in, you know eight nine ten 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 then I can run the other edge. Well, you could measure it with a stopwatch. Yeah, I don't know of any. <clears throat> I don't know of any app that actually like hooks in and and washes and and tries to try. I mean, maybe there is. But app, 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 Unix app. command line, you just put time in front of it and run it, and then at the end it'll tell you how but long it took. That's Unix. Stop it. Take <laughs> don't confuse <laughs> the caller. I mean, if if you're talking about times, you know, to where you can actually get a stopwatch on it, like eight and ten minute times, as lame as this may sound, just pull up Android. App and, timer App works. Timer. Yeah. App timer works in Windows Seven. They claim that it works in Windows Seven, Eight, and Ten. Okay. So it's an application startup time, but it it only tells you how long it takes to start an app. Yeah. I don't think it's going to tell you how long it takes the app to do a specific project. So. Yeah, you're really looking at basically running it on both computers and timing it to see how long it takes to, yeah. to do that. I don't so, know of anything that measures in program, but there's uh, there are you can do it while you're while you're developing. If you've got Visual Studio open, it'll tell you exactly how long some of that stuff takes. Really, that doesn't help you if you're using the program though. The other thing is is that you might try going into any of the. I'm sure there are discussion forums about programs like InDesign where the users can okay. talk to you about what are the I, you know, I don't know the program very well myself, but I'm sure it's a combination of CPU. Obviously, it's going to be a combination of CPU, memory, uh, scratch disk or disk space, and uh, your video capability. There's some other settings in there, too. There's an InDesignSecrets.com site, and one of the biggest threads on there is, why is InDesign so slow? So they get into, you know, uh, drawing back your display quality, some of the pre-flight checks, the cross-references that can be inside the InDesign projects, a lot of stuff like that. So that also might be somewhere just to go look. Um, because it, it shouldn't, some of those things, that what's gotten me is that the same thing should render the same time across, you know, a number of, of runs. It shouldn't be, you know, five minutes this time, ten minutes the next time. Um, but this gets into some of the things, some of the reasons why InDesign could be running slow if it's this problem specific just to InDesign. Okay. Great. Well, thank you. All right. Well, and good. I, I love the show. Well, thank you so hey, much. Thank and thanks you. for calling in. We love to be loved, and we love okay. to hear from you. All right. Thanks for your call. Bye -bye. Good night. All right. Love to love you, baby. <laughs> I almost told the story that was going to embarrass myself, but I won't do that now. I just embarrassed myself for you. <laughs> Look, it's right, though. If you're in Linux or Unix, want to see how long something runs, type in time and then the name of the command you normally run, and it'll run the command. Then when it's done, it'll give you a nice little it'll display. Clock time, system I like, time. I really like the text version of InDesign. Is that? <laughs> I do all like my seeing the code of the matrix. I, 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 notepad. I do all my graphic rendering in VI. No, you you can. I know on, you on can. command line. Just yeah. use image magic and stuff, and you can 
pipe in all the options and God, you know, render it away. You're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dork. So, all right. Well, this has been a good show so far. Good kickoff to 2017. Woo! We have about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes left in the show tonight. Do you, ever, do you ever go to those sites where you can put in, like, strings of text and, like, the sites will automatically render the text in, like, big ASCII letters made out of, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. slashes and stuff? <laughs> no, I do That's mine like by hand. That's like the text version of InDesign. I do mine by hand. That's hardcore. I can't actually do some that. Of letters, <laughs> some of those letters. Some of those letters really upload tough. the image and it I does. Can kill an no, 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 no. Like the you go three, to the 3D block letters. There are multiple yeah. fonts. Yeah, there are a lot of sites that'll do it. And you can put in like a number of you know 50, 60 different fonts to choose from. Yeah. And then you pick yeah, like the size. This. It'll you go render to it one out. of these, and you can pick all these different all these oh. different text styles. I use yeah, this back for in message like of the day. BBS days. Yeah. I use it for when I when I SSH into my server so I can see a big domain name to know how cool I am. I noticed that. So okay, so you rendered that. So I looked over your shoulder when you were on your server, and I'm like, that's pretty nice. Does it output the text, or you just copy and paste? Yeah, it's it's just copy and paste it right there. Do you do it in big ASCII Comic Sans. Come over and I'll show you. God, it looks. I looked over Come there. Come over and like, I'll show you. Can you do? Can you do that with I'm the whatever guy? I'm specifically asking about. Go check out his ass. Whatever guy rendered out. Will he render out anyway? I mean, maybe. Yeah, you could. The shrug, shrug guy. Shrug guy. Shrug yeah. guy's already ASCII art. You I know, but I wonder if, ask... if you could change his font or change. I, mean, I don't know. Render man. But yes, yeah. It's my it's my my message of the day. Log in and log in and pops up my banner and. Is it in script? Until cool, you figure out how to do your face. Is it is it is it comic is it comic sans? You know what? Yes. Let's just say yes. Let's go with absolutely. Yes. Or is that it is like a, what I did? Or is it? Oh, what what's what's that? I, I put all my messages in text and wingdings. Uh, pa, pa, papyrus. Papyrus. <laughs> I'm having Fidonet flashbacks looking at his logo now. Papyrus and comic sans, baby. I wonder if they have a papyrus or let me let me look through the list here. They have all kinds. Of, there's. I mean, I'm in this. This is. Um, uh, let's see which one is this. I went to. I just googled. The URL is huge, but if I I googled, ASCII text, A S C I I space text, and the very first link is for this paterjk.com website. Yeah, T A A G. That's the one I'm using, yeah. and they've got I don't know how many like fonts are in this ones. drop down list. There's a, there's a hundred or so. Uh, little ASCII fonts you could use. Just graffiti. Yeah, just you don't, know, nothing. You don't need anything. Some of graffiti. them are readable, and some of them are. Oh, they have a test. They have a test. The test all button lets you see it rendered out in all of them. Yeah, if you hate that guy's website and you want to like <laughs> destroy it, and show oh, yes. me nine thousand of these. Anyway, yeah. I did boobies. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> oh my god! Look, you could have it in three D floating, oriented in fifty different ways blocks. Leisure suit, Larry. <laughs> you enter a dungeon you go down the hall all right so 713-526-5738 we got all of our lines are open and while we wait for you to call in at 713-526-5738 we'll go to the next segment of technology bites i want to use magic missile all <laughs> oh, the dice to see if i'm getting drunk we hear about new gadgets and gizmos every day but can they stand a dip in the snark tank? I attack the snark tank. <laughs> Are there any girls there? Are there any snarks in here? Mom, more Cheetos. I'm going to get a Sprite. Uh. You guys want one? Well, here's here's an interesting uh, interesting product. Um, you know, the, the thing that's weird about it is usually this type of, when there's somebody releases a new product like this one, they're, they they kind of make it ultimate, but this one has some flaws. Um, 
the this is the world's largest capacity USB flash drive. Uh, Kingston announced it. It's the Data Traveler Ultimate GT, two terabyte uh, USB flash drive. What? That's a lot. That's a flash drive. How big is it? (laughs) (laughs) Two terabytes. Listen. No, it, it it looks like um, it looks like it's about twice the width of the of the of a regular USB connector, and maybe on on both sides, and then it looks like it's about two it's about two inches long. Wow! So it's sort of a like super fat, yeah, um, super fat thumb drive. You're not going to get four um, TB on so the same that... side of the computer. <laughs> the uh, so they call it the Data Traveler Ultimate GT, which is Generation Terabyte, uh, which is now the world's largest capacity. Uh, power users will have the ability to store massive amounts of data in a small form factor, including up to 70 hours of 4K video on a single 2-terabyte drive. And basically, if you want to be the kind of uber geek wherever you are and have carry around like every piece of software, every video, every, I don't know, everything else you you, every piece of data that you want to haul around, have it all there, all the time, always in your pocket. And I guess this would be the thing. Um, the uh, there is a one terabyte version for you know you kind of second second tier guys. Um, it's compatible with uh, with the usuals: Windows 10, 8.1, 8, 7, uh, Mac OS, Linux, and Chrome OS. Uh, unfortunately, now here's the here's the usually the deal is they put all the ultimate stuff on it, right? You know where they make it like a tight you know USB C connector and all those kinds of things, high speed. Uh, unfortunately, no, it uses USB Type A, so it's the big it's the one that takes three tries to plug in hmm. uh, USB plug. Uh, and then uh, let's see, so you'd have so if you have a new MacBook Pro, you'd have to use a dongle to use this. That's no fun. Uh, it's also not going to be radically fast as it uses USB 3.0 and not the faster USB 3.1 Generation 2. Well, I wonder what clever marketing guy came up with that slick um, name for a, a USB thing. Uh, Kingston will be selling the Data Traveler Ultimate GT in, in both capacities starting next month. Uh, pricing is unknown for now. I think this fits in the if you have to ask <laughs> it's not going to be this isn't going to be where you go down to your corner store and drop 50 bucks and get one uh two terabyte flash drive should be pretty expensive this should be kind of hard drive you know this is replacement drive expensive and two terabytes think about how much a two terabyte solid state drive would cost and that's probably going to be the neighborhood sometimes <laughs> it's it's cedar cedar season here and I just bought and a bunch so of cedar chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's cool for with the size. Think about the first thing I thought about is how long is it going to take to put the two terabytes of stuff on this drive? Well, you have to you have to bring it over from your other two terabyte external drive, maybe. I mean, how, how, what's, the, what's the size of your resident hard drive on your main workstation now, Lee? I, I have a, I have an SSD. I have a terabyte SSD. Terabyte yeah. SSD? <clears throat> yeah. Did you get it before the prices came down? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's it's a loaded 2013 era iMac that I was I was actually looking at this the other day. I realized I paid way too much for it because of that SSD. It was expensive. I got the one terabyte SSD 
hybrid thing for my iMac. Oh yeah, it works really well. Yeah, not as expensive as yours. Do you guys? Does anyone still run non SSD discs at home? I have I have one computer in the house that that has a spinning hard drive still. And I it's still not, have a few, but those mean they're, they're like you know six and eight terabyte discs though. Yeah. You know, well, those those, those two like terabyte those two terabyte flash drives are going to be cheap enough in another couple of years. To where you could use them as a booster drive on your Windows Seven computer. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Remember that useless feature. All right, so I don't know. I mean, I, well, is it, I, I think it's, it's there's a small group of people who this would work very well for. But like you said, imagine just like kind of organizing and who needs to carry that much data around. I guess as a courier thing. Uh, and isn't it funny? I, I wonder how much uh, how much memory was it that was in um, in Johnny Mnemonic's head? Oh, oh! I I was, we were close. just talking about this stupid movie. It was something. It was like fifty gigs. It was like not a lot. Oh, was it like incredibly small amount? Oh man, I remember that movie <laughs> so well. I took a date to that movie. Wow, she was unimpressed. <laughs> Talking with the movie, or you, or both? Well, oh, it yes. started off being unimpressed with the movie, and I think it sort of like went from there into being like, why? Why did I go to this movie with this guy? Why is what? Why am I even with this guy? We did, in fact, break. <laughs> when did this movie come out? This movie, uh, John and Demonic, came oh, out 80 May 26. Okay, yeah, we broke up three months later. So yeah, probably because of John and Demonic. So quote, thanks, Keanu. The quote from uh, the quote from Whoa. the movie is, John and Demonic, I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Wait, wait. Oh, here we go. Here we but go. You can increase it up to 160 wait, gigs. Yeah. yeah. On the way to the job in the elevator, he uses a Pemex memory doubler to upgrade his memory capacity from 80 gigabytes to 160 gigabytes. <laughs> we all saw how double stack worked out for Windows. But at the designated place, he finds a group of frantic scientists watching anime who have the data he has to carry, but at 320 gigabytes, it far exceeds Johnny's storage capacity. Poor guy. So so Johnny can now be replaced, two Johnnies, or three, more more <laughs> than that, by a USB flash drive. Replace Keanu Reeves with a memory stick. I'm going to name my next jump drive Keanu. an acting memory stick. Done. Keanu. It was not a very good movie, honestly. It um, had uh, Henry Rollins in it. It does, and it has uh, ice. As a grinder. It has ice tea, and it has oh, a cybernetic right. dolphin. Yeah. A, a weird cybernetic dolphin now, at the end, and it I all comes together. I was excited about seeing the movie. I didn't take a date to it, but I was excited about seeing the movie. <laughs> Clearly, you weren't as excited as I was. Whoa. Because I was like, this movie is going to help me score. It did not. So that was not Laura you took. <laughs> no, this was a couple of years before it I was, met Laura. It was, and he still has it. I took, I took Laura to, to a bunch of really terrible movies. In fact, most of our early dating history for a couple of years was us going to dumb movies. I think she finally was like, look. If I marry him, maybe I can get him to stop. Yeah, she was like, look, movies. I love you, and I, I want to be with you, but can we just stop going to terrible movies? <laughs> you got bad taste in movies, dude. <laughs> Don't take this as a criticism. I'm not going to leave you or anything, but please stop. So what's the what's you your? Uh, want to see terrible movies if, as if it's MST3K. What's been your yeah. trick for being able to copy and paste that into chat? Um, in on so on this website, the whatever it is website. Yeah. Um, you have to copy it all. I'm actually I've been using the select and copy <laughs> button, and you copy it. Point cat. And then back in uh, in Mattermost, 
once, you start, <laughs> once you start typing, there is a, at the very, very bottom, you'll see some, oh, you're not on there. At the very bottom, there's some formatting options. I'm just using the pre-formatted. It's just like in, excuse me, it's just like in GitHub or in any markdown, you do three backticks and then paste and then three more backticks to close. I guess that's not technically, that's an accent grave. Is that which one it is? Or an accent acute? The thing that's on the tilde key that's not the tilde. You do three of those. Which one is that? Acute or grave? Accent yeah, acute or accent it? grave? Backtick. No, no, no. Yeah, it's backtick. It's called a backtick. That's what it is. But you do three of those, <laughs> and then paste, and then three more, and then you get to have messages like Barrett equals lamer. I'm, I'm, Didn't work. Nope, you only did two in the front, not three. Who's the lamer now? <laughs> That's right, Jay. Jay is wow. now the lamer. Yeah, this this stuff only that, works. In, that'll be our new debate. Facebook.com backslash. I don't know what you've done, Jay. <laughs> I don't know what I've broken. You've, you're doing. What are you doing? I'm doing. doing I'm doing one, two, three. Yeah. Paste. And then one, two, three to close. One, two, three. And then do it. Return. I'm not copying it properly. I guess not. I try it with the select and copy button. Let's just blow the whole show on dumb ASCII art. <laughs> I'm just, you know, my first foray into ASCII art, and I'm failing. Just do. I mean, if you're if you're trying to copy it in this thing, like in the window, it seems yeah. to screw up. But if you hit at the bottom, there's this select and copy. Oh, just what you're doing that. doesn't work. Yeah, punch that and then copy, and then do the do the paste. Let's see. Oh, I now see. Now we're gonna do saying. J equals lamer. lamer. J equals lamer. See if I can type it in before J gets back. One, two, three, paste. One, two, three, go. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Yours is still broken, but mine mine, still mine works. Apparently, I'm the only person who knows how to do this now. <laughs> so it's three back ticks? <laughs> three back ticks, and then paste, and then close it with three more. Ah, mm -hmm. the closing. It's just like... Yeah, there you go. Rubber glue, etc. You did it. Sort yeah, of. but it's doing a... You gotta... Yeah. Uh, Jay's, yeah. Blink and Jim is the same thing it. I am. Why All right, seven one three five two six five seven three. What else do we have? Do we have anything else to try, buy, or fry? Sure. Uh, talking about movies, this one I think is pretty guaranteed to be a good movie, though. Oh, guaranteed. Um, so and and uh, well, I mean, it, it's got a serious cast. It's from a serious book. It's about NASA stuff. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but now it is actually in theaters, I believe, um, or or it will be this weekend. Um, Hidden Figures. Oh yeah, and it came out on the twenty sixth. Untold story of the untold story of of NASA and the thing. You know, basically, obviously, the early days were kind of the uh, the the right stuff thing, where it's all the you know basically white male military astronauts were the heroes, and uh, there you know the the story started to kind of expand, and uh, you know women and people of color like the trio that. Are chronicled in hidden figures um, might have played a significant role in space flight, but in the 1960s, their stories were just not told. Um, NASA chief historian Bill Barry um, said, uh, let's see, NASA history was largely about the astronauts doing battle with the Soviet Union in space. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the early 1990s, scholars began to show more interest in the history of NASA's workforce, and the institution's archivists began to unearth those stories, in part by interviewing former female computers. That's what they called they, – the, these people were doing the job of a computer, and so they called them computers uh, at the agency's Langley Research Center in Virginia. Uh, later, writer uh, Margot Lee Shetterly 
spoke with them as well as as well while researching her book Hidden Figures, The American Dream and the <clears throat> Untold Story of the Black Women Mathematicians Who Helped Win the Space Race, which was optioned for a film which before it was even published. Uh it focuses on the story of Katherine Johnson, who this her job was to painstakingly reconfirm thousands of calculations made by the then brand new IBM computers. Think about it now. We, you know, when we use a computer, think, remember when there was the Intel bug on some of the math, we don't check anymore if the, uh, you know, if the computer is getting the right answer, we presume that it's given the right answer for the space program obviously they were not going to just take it on faith that the computers were getting it right so so she had to reconfirm the calculations many of them to eight significant digits uh in order to correctly predict um john glenn's landing hmm. um so uh uh the uh let's see the the um Let's see, Barry, ever the historian sees the true hero as Vaughn, a one-time high school math teacher who recognized the potential of working in mathematics at NASA, where she stood up for women computers of all races. And when IBM machines threatened to make the job of human computer obsolete, Vaughn recognized the changing landscape and with the foresight of a successful startup founder, taught her computers to become programmers, eventually becoming the leader of computer programming. Uh, Barry said, now we're in a time when technology is shifting jobs in a similar way as it did in the 60s. Dorothy saw what was coming and reinvented herself again and again. Uh, and this one, they, they, they went apparently to make this, um, you know, just to the article. You can get the whole thing and read all the, all the details. They went to, to very deep um, details to get everything right from the cars in the parking lot at Langley um, to figuring out exactly how long it would take news of a Russian rocket launch to get to the White House. And uh, uh, this is the best quote in the article. There were lots of weird, quirky, historical things, says Barry, the you know, NASA historian. You wouldn't notice them unless you're a geek like me. Hmm. Thumbs up on that one. Now, there are a couple of Easter eggs in the movie. <clears throat> so if you go to watch it, you can see it. And obviously, this, you know, this doesn't spoil the movie. But uh, one of the big things is there's a scene showing John Glenn sitting in the rocket before launch. Uh, when, when in that scene, look for a woman in a white scarf painting on the side of the capsule. Um, that's CC Bibby, the artist who designed the insignia for the craft known as friendship seven. Uh, in the 1960s, the names of rockets were usually stenciled on by men, but Glenn wanted a special design. And we, when he found out the artist behind the insignia was a woman, he insisted that she hand painted onto the spacecraft despite the protestations of her male superiors. So, you know what, the sad part is technology, you know, we talk about the issue of getting more women and girls interested in, in technology. It sounds like from the very start, they were there and that what's actually happened is we've reduced, you know, they're fewer. Um, and we need to, I think, hopefully as people see movies like this, um, uh, on, at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got over 90%. So that's usually a pretty good sign that it's a movie that people would enjoy seeing. Um, but uh, you know, this kind of this kind of thing uh, hopefully will will kind of reopen people's eyes to uh, to how you know to all all the different people who participated in you know kind of the growth of technology that uh, um, 
you know, that that got us to where we are today. So is this like the reboot of is this like the reboot of Ghostbusters where they take Apollo thirteen and turn all the heroes into girls? Yes. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it's it's the. It's an actual, you know, true story. So the nice part no, is, yeah, they don't have to pretend. Uh, they don't have to pretend that these women could do this. They were actually, they were actually the ones that were there and behind the scenes, and no, they were the ones that made sure the computers worked. It's weird because you know I was unaware of this these women and the role that they played in the Apollo 13, you know, it wasn't Apollo 13, it was Apollo... It's Mercury. Mercury, Mercury. Mercury, yeah. And I wasn't aware of this until there was a show, there's a TV show called Timeless, and uh, it's a it's a kind of a, not a sitcom, but it's a drama with a little lighthearted drama where these people go back in time and they're trying to prevent other people who are going back in time from making changes. Uh, and one of the, one of the episodes was going back to the Mercury mission it wasn't the Mercury mission. It was going back to uh, an Apollo mission because they took it to the point where they were landing on the moon, and they had to go find that woman uh, the, because one of the heroes in the TV show is this black guy, and he knew about the woman from the Mercury missions and that she was still at NASA, and he went to go find her because they had to write some code to counteract this virus that they had up. It was completely ridiculous, but it was my first awareness <coughs> that this person existed because they're using yeah. some historical fact to create the historical fiction and now this movie's come out so So i on the subject of gender disparity at nasa um which is i mean it wasn't a nasa specific thing it was the 60s it's just kind of the way the universe was at that time i dropped a picture into the mattermost chat um how do you do that magic drop drag and drop (laughs) i can even i can do that Uh, i bet you can't do it lamer barrett yeah I dropped, says, I dropped a picture yeah. in there that I snipped out of the blueprints from the third floor of Building 30, which is where the mission control rooms are. Um, and this is, it's still like this. There are additional ladies' bathrooms now, but there's, if you click on this and see, you can see there are two very, very large right next to each other men's rooms. Um, cause obviously there were lots of dudes working there and there is a teeny tiny little single toilet women's room, like right off the side there. And it was like that. I mean, that was... That was just the deal, and the expe- I mean, it was built into the building that way. The expectation being that on the mission control floor, where the flight control rooms were, or the 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 mokers, um, second and third floor, it would be all men. There wouldn't be any women in there. Why would there be women? Therefore, you don't need a large women's room because there's not going to be any women there. Thanks for Pete. Thanks for getting uh, Lee fired up on the space program. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> so, no it's quite all right. <laughs> we only got a little bit of time left. I got, I, we had a couple of calls in the queue, and I yeah. do want to address them in the second on line two, Groove House. Who do we have? Lolling two is Winston. Winston, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hello. Hello. Hey. I have a 2014 MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. I, I cracked the screen. Yeah. Is there much possibility of finding a salvage? There, is, there is. You could probably find a, an aftermarket or you know somebody you know selling a display for that. I don't know how easy they are to install but you could probably hunt one down on ebay or even if you could find someone selling a similar macbook pro for parts you'll you'll see them pop up now and again i sold a macbook pro on ebay for my friend nick one time that he had spilled a beer into 1415 is it under um is it under apple care still perchance i didn't buy the extended warranty It it wouldn't cover a cracked screen wouldn't it nope 
Yeah, yeah. No, if they only cover uh, like manufacturer there, there are places Amazon Amazon.com there's ifixit.com has the different just assemblies for uh, yeah there's a number of places screens. too that you, that do uh, iPhone and laptop repairs in Houston that could probably source the part and do it if you're interested in salvaging it um, the repair doesn't the replacement it's doesn't moderate, look that moderately hard difficult to do what's that Pete not? It's moderately difficult to do, according to uh, iFixit. I, I have and the someone pricing in the family that can do it. The, the difficult part is if you're trying to buy somebody's leavings, like you're trying to buy a computer for parts, <clears throat> is whether or not that part still works. You know, Because yeah. you have a computer that's not functional, someone will sell it as a, as a for parts, kind of you know, strip it for parts to use on other hardware. But it could be that the monitor is bad. So you really want to find... The monitor from you know a third-party vendor that's just selling a replacement monitor for that model. Uh, so you might check with uh, some of the computer repair places. I know there's a place here in town called Computer Hospital, and they 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 would know where to find the part and find it maybe for a decent price. The problem with display repairs on any laptop is that the display is usually valued at about half the value of the laptop. Yeah. So if you have a laptop that's worth six hundred dollars, then the replacement screen is going to be three hundred bucks. In this case, if you just want to, you know, no must, no fuss, get the screen, the part you need, you're looking at four hundred bucks for just that for piece. The, for brand new, yeah, for yeah. brand new, for you know, brand new refurb, uh, mid twenty fourteen. Although I found uh, I found um, a site called iRescue has a fifteen inch MacBook Pro with Retina display LCD repair says if your uh, housing is not broken or dented too badly, chances are we can replace the LCD only and save some money over the full display assembly repair. That's like three seventy five, and that's you send them the computer and they send you back a repair. It's I R E S letter Q I rescue. I don't know if they're any good yeah, or not. I can't com. vouch for them, but they're okay. But you could try hunting around. You know, there are a number of shops that do this kind of repair too in town. There's iPhone Repair Houston. I had them replace a battery on a on an iPhone, and they did a great job. And when I was in New Zealand, I found a place that advertised themselves as re repairing iPhones when I cracked my screen, and they were able to repair it by replacing the screen for me for a reasonable price. So there are a number of shops that are set up to do this, kind of like the windshield repair tents you see around, but they're in strip centers. If you do a, ser if you do a search on, on MacBook re uh, screen repair, Houston, you'll probably find a number of places, and you could go try to find reviews and see if they're worth their salt or not. But you might oh, be able thank to get you it very fixed. Much. All right, well, best of luck. Good luck, sir. Thank you for your call. Thank you. All right, so hot on the trigger finger there, Barrett. Boom. Boom. All right, so we have one other call in the queue. We'll address that. Groove House. Yes. Who do we have? And what Up are they next, like? we're going to speak with Kenneth. Kenneth, you're on the air with Technology Bites. Hi there. Glad you guys are taking uh, calls again. Uh, real quickly, this is a follow-up in relation to ransomware, since y'all had the discussion earlier. Yes, sir. And I apologize first that this is a second-hand question. Um, I happened to visit with my cousin today. She runs the daycare in a church. Their system was hacked, and they've been given a ransom request. Turns out several other churches in the area were hit as well. Figure they're easy targets. But my question is, do y'all have any sense as to much recourse, or do they really have to, you know, just either give up whatever they, whatever they had, and then start over, or try to you pay the money? Kind of have to start over. There have been, and this was early on. There were a number of stories where people would pay, and best case, 
you know, well, actually, there, there's really no best case. They would, it, okay. If they find out that you've got a load of money, sometimes they'll ask for more money and still not give you the keys. Um, just, sort of. I've never heard really very many good stories on this. The only good so, stories I've heard on this are the ransomware servers that were taken over by the FBI and that they you can actually, some of the versions of the ransomware, you can find the key for it. If you can determine, yeah. if you can determine which version has hacked it, then there are places are yeah. There were some websites for certain certain ransomware versions that the FBI got access to the servers and yeah, they released could the, provide the keys. They released okay. the all the all free key or whatever for a few. Okay, of them. is it because uh, people doing this tend to use the same little package of software and then you can find the key out there? Because this yes. just happened like yesterday. Or yeah, something I mean, like it that. just depends on which version. There are a number of different okay. versions of this ransomware <laughs> floating around, mm -hmm. and some of them. And that's, that's the other problem is that even though they're saying pay this money, they may be gone. They may not even be there to mm. receive the mm -hmm. money. So you uh, can, so you can, yeah. if, if it's, and they want you to deal in Bitcoin. So you send the Bitcoin off, and it's and, gone, and it's just gone. You no. don't, and okay. you don't know if you're ever going to hear from someone again or not. Right. So usually it's, paying it doesn't end well, as Barrett mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Well, I and I don't think they're inclined to. And fortunately, my her husband mentioned that there are two FBI agents that attend a church, so maybe they've got, you know, can run it up through them. And you got nothing paid, to definitely. lose by having them look at it. I would yeah. definitely do that. I, I was really yeah. surprised. A lot of the FBI, especially if they're like a field agent, they can choose what they work on, and they really are interested yeah. in you kind of working with the community, and they, they're definitely aware of ransomware and, you know, how to yeah. how to take a, a stance against that. So I yeah. would loop them yeah. in. Yeah, it's worth I told them, chances are these guys aren't the ones, but they, they probably have access to at least check with people. Yeah, and just and a comment. I, I would put this out as a learning experience for others that might be at risk. Um, my question was like, "Oh, well, do you have backups?" Thinking you just get rid of it and start over. They said, "Yes, we do." But they were defending against a hard drive crash that all their backups were online, so everybody could back up regularly and restore easily. And apparently, these guys got in and locked up the backups as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the ransomware the malware connected. can spread to network connected drives. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's All a right. it's a nightmare. It's good to teach the users to be careful what they click on. Don't open up random email attachments and right, especially right. in a business environment. Yeah. All right, well, we're out of time, but I appreciate the call and I wish you a lot of luck. Thanks, Kenneth. One last thing, I'll thank you guys for turning us on to Mr. Robot. My wife and I have been in the eighties. <laughs> oh, awesome. yes. Yeah, when we heard y'all talk about it. I was like, what is this? And so we've enjoyed it. I'm well, glad good. you enjoyed it. But it's dark. It is dark, yeah. and I think it's going to get darker. <laughs> I want yeah. more hacks okay. and more tech for season three. We'll see. All right, thanks, All right. Kenneth. We'll let you go. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, great show, everyone. We do have a geek gathering this Friday. We hope that you'll come out if you want to be a part of Technology Bytes in person. We're going to hang out at Cones. And the information is at geekradio.com. We'll get there about 7, 7.30 and go until, you know, whenever. I am planning on being there this time. Really? Yeah, I'm going to try. All I right. know, I know, I know. I yeah, skipped most we'll of 2016, but I'm going to try. Right. Well, thanks for tuning in. You have been listening to Technology Bytes. I'm Jay Lee. He's Peter. I'm Peter Hughes. <laughs> He's flicked. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's... Groovehouse. Not okay. Groovehouse or something. <laughs> Groovehouse.org. <laughs> <laughs>
John Denver's music is almost heaven, but you don't have to go there to hear it. Legendary Chris Collins and Boulder Canyon perform his nationally acclaimed John Denver tribute as seen in Las Vegas for a KPFT fundraiser on Sunday, January 15th at 3 p.m. Please join us at Emerson Unitarian Universalist Church, 1900 Bering Drive. Purchase tickets for the show or for the special patron after party featuring Chris along with Jack and Rob Saunders by calling KPFT at 713-526-4000 or visit millbend.org. Don't miss this chance to experience John Denver's music live again in this special KPFT benefit performance. Hope to see you there. This is Pacifica Radio, 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston. For those who helped KPFT with a year-end gift, thank you for wrapping 2016 on a high note. The outcome of the presidential election shocked some and pleased others. As the new administration enters office, all of us will need each other to forge ahead. You hear that sense of community in KPFT, music that provides you with strength and voices that shine the light into our lives. As our nation enters a new political era, it's more vital than ever that we work together. KPFT turns to you to lift up its upcoming winter drive with a pre-pledge. Support Real Radio when you need it most at kpft.org. Thanks. This is KPFT, Houston, 